Hey, this is Mike Zwick from If Not For God podcast. Our show, Stories of Hopelessness Turned Into Hope. Your chosen Truth Network podcast is starting in just seconds. Enjoy it, share it, but most of all, thank you for listening and for choosing the Truth Podcast Network. This is the Truth Network. Heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The masculine journey starts here now. Welcome to Masculine Journey. We're glad that you're with us today. And I know that I say every week, I'm not going to say that the next week, but I am so glad that you join us and that you listen to the show. You it know? actually and, is. Yeah, I am. I'm very happy that people listen to the show and reach out to us from time to time and, and make mostly nice comments. <laughs> mostly? <laughs> no, they've all been nice Ish. comments. But yeah, we, are, we have been doing a series forever now. It's been well, a few months. We normally don't do this. No. It's only been a couple of times in the big masculine journey history. Yeah, and so we are, you know, working our way through what we've called uh, the tools of the enemy. We've mm-hmm. called it uh, the enemy's toolbox. We've called it Satan's palette, right? Yeah. No, no new names. We're, I think we're, we're stuck with Satan's palette probably so. the final one. But we have been talking about in this series things that the enemy uses against us. Right, and so since and Robbie coined the term Satan's palette, which was which was really very good, because he uses multiple things most of the time. It's not like he's just taking out the hammer and hitting you, although it feels like that. You know, he's doing a lot of other things around that. You know, and so if the one main thing's not getting you, he's got three or four other backup plans all the time, and so he's painting this tapestry or not tapestry, I guess, would be like a woven thing, painting a picture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, of yeah. What was that? A mural. A mural. Thank you. Thank you, Harold. But uh, Rodney, do you remember what all we've been through? I know you haven't written down. Well, that's just it. I remember I haven't typed into my phone. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, that's good. That's yeah. more than I got. I know. That's what I do. I knew I'd never remember. I knew we'd all struggle with it because we did there about week three because we've been through a little bit here. So unforgiveness will go chronologically. Then we went to agreements. Then busyness. Condemnation. We talked about the orphan spirit, shame. Last week we had Bob on with pride and ego, and this week is iniquity. Basically, the theme was kind of how you measure yourself against another, and we'll just let Mr. Dillmore. Oh, go from before there. we get to Mr. Dillmore, <laughs> before we get to Mr. Dillmore, this was his topic, and it is quite a good topic. Still is. Yeah, it's still it's still his topic. I, I think it's quite a good topic because of the amount of conversation that we've had as a team. You know, we're all learning more about the Bible like everybody else that's a Christian as we, as we walk. We, we're learning along the way, but I don't think we've ever had as much conversation about a topic trying to just understand it collectively. And, and I have to admit, I'm the one that's been like dragging behind trying to understand it, you know, because I keep thinking inequity instead of iniquity. And they're not the same thing. Robbie, I'll go ahead and turn it over to you because it is your topic. <laughs> well, I can, many things in life that I'm struggling with to understand. 
and this is one of them is it, the first three verses of the 119 Psalms seem critically important since they are the first three verses and they start out like the Beatitudes. It says, blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. That's pretty clear. Mm-hmm. And you can only be that if you're in Christ, right? Mm-hmm. And, and then it says, you know, they keep his testimonies and seek him with their whole heart. So there you go. That seems, again, like I can understand that. And then the third verse says, they also... These are still the blessed people. They also do know iniquity, and they walk in his ways. And so there I landed, you know, about a year ago, trying to discern, you know, exactly what that meant and to get a grip on it. And and so for me, as you know, I look at the Hebrew, and from that, the very first letter in that word is an ayin. And an ion has to do with your eyes. There's two, it looks like a Y. And so if you can picture your two eyes looking at something and it's trying to create a vision. Well, that same word is the beginning of the word meek. So if I have God's vision, I'm a nav. But if I have my vision, then I am a nal, which is almost like the exact opposite of the meek is somebody that's in it for them. Right, And so when we talk about the larger story, this is how I've interpreted it. Like when we do the talk on the larger story, like am I trying to see this from God's perspective of, of my life? Like he's the hero of the story or am I the hero of the story? And, and so if he's the hero of the story, I look at things completely different. And so in doing that, you know, one of the examples of that, you got two different kinds of iniquity in my view in the prodigal story. You've got the younger son, who ends up obviously in iniquity in the pig pen because, again, he's concerned about getting what he's got coming to him, and, and that's a form of it as well. But then you got the older brother, and the older brother goes to that that's not fair. Again, not concerned about what God's view of how things are going to be. But in other words, and I think that these are issues of our own flesh. However, Satan is very well aware <laughs> of of how to say, are you sure God's looking out for you in this? Because, you know, it doesn't look like this is going your way there, big brother. And and so thus leads to this clip of a children's um, show that talks about it's not fair. Oh, be quiet, Duncan. That's not fair. You never let me fix it on it, and I've been here every meeting. Whoa, that's not a good attitude. I'll let you help, but I'm not so sure you're going to like it. Like it? What do you mean, like it? I love donuts. That's not what I'm talking about. You see, the next story is about the prodigal son's jealous older brother. Get it? It might be kind of humbling for you. It's about being jealous of what other people have. It's not fair that you meet him. It's not fair that you greet him with a party and a great big barbecue. It's not fair that you hug him. I would rather see you slug him. It's not fair. Oh, there you go. And I don't know if you've ever sang that song, but unfortunately, I sing it all the time. It's not fair, Robbie. It's not. You know, I see certain things go on with other families, you know, and I'm like, God, that's not fair. And and, and it's it's, it's unbelievable how quickly um, I go down that road. And, and I, can, I can feel Satan just spinning it like crazy, like crazy, like crazy, especially, you know, for whatever reason within my family, right? The 
the closer you you get to people, you, you know, like your brothers and sisters. <laughs> You know, I I can't even believe what God has done to reconcile my family in spite of my attitude just like that. It's not, you know, it, it just wasn't fair this and it wasn't, you know, my sister got to go to college. There were all sorts of things that were not fair in my perspective mm-hmm. that clearly, you know, Satan kept that spinning, which put a not only a, a, a problem between me and God, but a problem between me and the my family, mm-hmm. right? And and so therein lies iniquity, and, and I would rather walk in his ways. And so I'm working on it. Uh, I want to commend you for clipping that that at the exact right spot because one second longer, I'd be wanting to commit some iniquities myself. It was just so grating. It was such a grating song. Yeah, 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 it did, yeah. it, but you clipped it well, and it did make the point well. But man, wow. That's all I'm saying. I'd rather see him slug him. I like that. <laughs> that was a good line. You know? <laughs> that part was good. That part was good. Danny, I think we got time to get your clip in in this first segment if you don't set it up way too long. Oh, okay. That was a hint, wasn't it? Um, the, the clip is from a movie, The Overcomer, and or Overcomer. And this young lady who is in sports and a coach comes into her life. Now, I have not seen the movie, but several people have. But the clip is where she's talking to her father toward the end of the movie, I think. And he is asking for her forgiveness because he's lived in iniquity and he's thought about himself. And and so he's asking for her forgiveness. And so you can play the clip. I was worried I said the the wrong thing. No, you didn't. I know you must have a lot of questions. You can say anything, ask anything you want. I promise to be honest. What happened? You know how people think that they're a good person. I thought I was, but I wasn't Anna. I lived selfish all my life. I lived it for me. I hurt so many people. Your mother, your grandmother, you, so many others. I left because I was a fool and I wouldn't listen to anyone especially God. I ran from everything that mattered because God loves me. He let me be broken and I needed to be broken. He finally got my attention and I gave him my heart because that's the only thing I got left. So I'm sorry, Hannah. I'm sorry I wasn't there for you. If I could take it all back, I would. I know I don't deserve it, but I pray one day that you will forgive me. It's hard. I understand. Yeah, that 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 story I've lived, and because of former lifestyles and and you know living in iniquity and addiction, and the. Living an addiction, and, and it was all about self. And Robbie made the statement earlier that, you know, wanting to get what was coming to me. Well, when you pursue iniquity, you get what's coming to you. And, you know, this life down the toilet, and I was just like that guy, just the guy that, that says, I had nothing left to give but my heart. And, you know, luckily Jesus found me. And 
you know, had conversations with, with my daughter about, you know, just living for self and not realizing that my actions affected because the heart of addiction is, well, I'm not hurting anybody but me. And that's the biggest lie you can live. And, but I was hurting my daughter. I was hurting my parents. I was hurting those around me. And just the pursuit of that over and over and over again. And so, you know, fast forward to, to come to that broken place mm-hmm. and to recognize that a life of iniquity is not the way to go. I like the prodigal son and the older son. You know, it is not fair, but life is not fair. So, mm-hmm. Thank you, Danny. Robbie, I want to go back to something you said. You said something about, you know, uh, some of iniquity being, you know, internal for us, right? But part of the tools the enemy uses is the old self, right? The old flesh, the old man, or whatever you want to call it. And we're looking around the room, the very old man. <laughs> 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 and also the world. He uses the world. So yeah. that's tools that we haven't kind of touched on. But yeah, yeah, and he's he's bringing those things up. Yeah. Yeah. He, you know, you're a drunk. You're, a, you know, an addict. All those things. For me, describing boot camp, when I heard the stories from the stage that the other men had, and then during my prayer time, I'm getting a download from God on where my life is and how I have wounds and I have a place in his story. To know how I heard from God is one of those things. He really does communicate with us. Register today at masculinejourney.org. What has boot camp meant to me? That's a really tough thing to articulate. It's so deep inside me. It's ingrained in every part of me. Understanding woundedness, that's where God really caught me at my first boot camp and also helping me step into healing and restoration from those wounds. It's kind of cool. It's like an onion. He keeps peeling back layers and it's, it's exciting and sometimes frustrating to go there with him. But I enjoy the process and the way God leads me to freedom. Register today at MasculineJourney.org. A friend named Ramblin' Bob He used to steal, gamble, and rob He thought he was the smartest guy around Well, I found out last Monday That Bob got locked up Sunday They've got him in the jailhouse way downtown He's in the jailhouse now now, Danny, that was your uh, your bump in. Yeah, it's one of my favorite movies, Old Brother, Where Art Thou? And Never made it through it, actually. Never made it through it. Yeah. It does not surprise me for some reason or another. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's in the Forrest Gumpish kind of thing. For yeah, me. <laughs> those two are on your not the playlist. So. Yeah, yeah, but anyway, tell us about the bump. Well, I mean, the, the story behind it is a guy mm. was gambling and, and living in iniquity, obviously, and he got exactly what he deserved. He's in the jailhouse now, so it just... Made a fit. And now that I think about it, Rodney kind of looks like one of those guys from the, that movie, I think. So. Yeah, it looks like most of the, the guys. The Soggy from the Bottom movie. Boys. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll have to partner you with Bob, which we nicknamed last week off the air. So <clears throat> we'll have to, you have to come to boot camp to hear that, though. If you want to hear the story of the nicknames that we don't say on the air, you have to come to boot camp. And there's one coming up November 17th through the 20th. But before that, we have an entrenchment, in, which is a weekend. Friday night, Saturday, most of the day kind of thing. And, Robbie, the favorite part about it is? 
F-R-E-E, free. It, it's free. The entrenchment is free. <laughs> All right, the boot camp is not free, but the entrenchment is free. If you want to come to the entrenchment and say, mm, do I really want to come to a boot camp? You can kind of get a flavor of it there, right? And the only thing you have invested is your drive up to the Reedsville area, uh, beautiful drive, mostly, and on your way up there. And uh, then also just a donation for whatever food. You know, we'd like for you to give a, a donation towards the foods that the church is putting out. And other than that, there is no cost to you, just the gas to get up there and, and maybe a donation. And that is September 30th and October 1st. So it starts right around dinner time, around 6, excuse me, supper time. Danny, I'm down in the south. It's supper time. Friday night. You're biblical now. Yeah, I'm biblical now. Yeah, <laughs> Friday. Yep. And so we're going to go to my clip because Robbie wants me to play my clip so that I have to talk about a topic I'm still trying to understand. <laughs> so <clears throat> I will be obedient because it's his show and we'll follow that request. And oh, so, wow. Uh, <laughs> it's good. Yeah, lift your feet. <laughs> no, <laughs> sorry, we'll, we'll get going. So I, I'm trying to think of a clip and I'm like, Oh, man, Father, I, I don't even understand the topic. I mean, I kind of understand it, but every time I think I do, I don't. And, and I, I'm really trying to understand it. It's just not me being flippant or anything. I'm trying to, to figure it out. And so I plugged in my, my phone, and it starts auto-playing stuff. I just kept fast-forwarding through songs, and the song came on, and I think, I think there's some in, iniquity in here. And so... <laughs> I've got to play it and talk about why I think there's some iniquity in there, and then everybody else can correct me if I'm wrong. But uh, we're going to go ahead and play it. It's from the Eagles. Uh, it's a song called Get Over It. This is just one of their verses and a little bit of the chorus, and then we'll come back. I'll read some more of the song to you, and we'll talk about it. You say you haven't been the same since you had your little crash, but you might feel better if they gave you some cash. The more I think about it, old Billy was right. Let's kill all the lawyers, kill them tonight. You don't want to work, you want to live like a king. The big bad world doesn't owe you a thing. Get over it. Now, there's parts of this song that are really, really good, and there's parts of it I don't agree with, you know, because it, it kind of shies you away from doing any type of counseling, you know, in part of the song. And I'm not going to read that part because I don't agree with it. But it, it, the beginning verse and then the chorus and then the, the next verse is, the first verse is, I turn on the tube, and what do I see? A whole lot of people crying, don't blame me. They point their crooked little fingers at everybody else, spend all their time feeling sorry for themselves. A victim of this, a victim of that. Your mama's too thin and your daddy's too fat. I kind of take exception to that. Um, get over it. Get over it. All this whining and crying and pitching a fit. Get over it. Get over it. You say you haven't been the same since you had your little crash. That's what we just played. But you might feel better if they gave you some cash. The more I think about it, old Billy was right. Just kill all the lawyers. Kill them tonight. You don't want to work. You want to live like a king. But the big bad world doesn't owe you a thing. And as I listen to that, and I've known that song for a long time, but what that song does for me is it tells me to quit putting the focus out there. You know, the problems that I'm dealing with is probably more in the mirror, you know, and with my relationship with God than it is with the other people out there. And so we have a society for many, many generations, it seems to get worse all the time, that it's all about someone's fault, someone else's fault. You know, and, there, and there's some truth to that in some, in, in some applications, but more times than not, I think we're supposed to, at least I am, 
turn to God and say, God, what was my part in this? Where did I err? What did I do wrong? Where did I sin? You know, where did I commit iniquity? I guess if that would be the word. You know, where did I do this? Go for it, Sam. Right. Where did you? (laughs) Yeah, where did I? And, and, And help me see that. And how do I avoid that? How do I not fall in that same trap again? You know, a lot of my life, honestly, sin-wise, has felt like the movie Groundhog Day. You know, I, I just keep falling in the same trap over and over. I think of the scene where he steps in the pothole. It takes him like three-quarters of the movie to not step in the pothole. Right? It, th- it feels like it's taken me a whole bunch of my life to not step in those same potholes. Right? And the only way I get it fixed is not by focusing out there, but by focusing up there, you know, and focusing with God. So I don't know if that fits the topic or not. I think it's spectacular, Sam. I really do. I, I think that when I look at my iniquity, you know, it's just, I know here we are again, God, we've had this conversation. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how many times. <laughs> but, you know, to Harold's point of iniquity, it's when you do something you know is wrong and you still do it. Mm-hmm. Right? And and unfortunately, from my perspective, once you get your hooked into something and I, I told a story about my poor father when he first got married to my mom they went to this carnival and they had this little game where you you swing the little ball to hit over the three little you know whatever they were to knock them over and you'd win and he ended up giving these people like two hundred dollars trying to knock because they once they hooked him in you know he knew it was stupid he knew it was wrong but he just kept doing it because he had to prove he had to be right you know it it, it and and that's unfortunately kind of how satan he throws the bait out there, whatever it looks like, and as he hooks you in, at some point you know this is wrong, you know this is stupid, yet, and and you you just afterwards you're sitting there going, how did I do that? And and you can't help but think that King David was going, how in the world, how did I get here? Mm-hmm. You know, from where I where I started out, and you know, there you go. So it's not as much a head issue, right? It is a heart issue. Exactly. Right? Satan gets a hook in your heart, right? You can logically know that it's completely stupid, <laughs> right. right? I mean, it's it's idiotic. I mean, you can make the whole case for it, but I'm right back there. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. yeah, it, it, it's it's crazy, but it's that whole you know you got to have a surgeon come in and kind of take that stuff out so that you can move through it. Ah, it is, and and it's a it's a so many things that we talk about every week in. What are, what are your things, Danny? You always talk about you can't be tired, you can't be lonely. <laughs> halt, hungry, halt. angry, lonely, and tired. Right, right. And, and, and iniquity will get you in, that, in those situations, wouldn't you agree? I mean, that's, that's when it's coming. Well, those things would probably take you into iniquity. Right. Yeah. Right, because now we're thinking about I'm tired, I'm hungry, I'm whatever I am. It's who's the, who's the main character of the story here? I call those Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, <laughs> Thursday. Sometimes <laughs> it's Esau, right? Yeah, and the and the pot, and the the beans, the, the Jacob's beans, yeah. right? It's he was hungry, he was tired, he wanted to just go ahead and go the quick way around God's best for him and the blessing that God had for him. Well, you see, you see it in both in both brothers because you see Esau wanting yeah. because he's hungry, but yet you see Jacob. It's not fair that he gets all the blessings. So, he had a hold of his heel the whole time. 
Mm-hmm. Is trying to get a grip on the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, he was always a heel. You know? <laughs> well, he ended up getting a grip on the angel. You know, that's got him straight. <laughs> got his but that's well played, Andy. I like that. That you're exactly right. It's it's Big Brother, and how many times in Genesis do we see Big Brother? Mm-hmm. You get a prize for the prize package. <laughs> <laughs> the King Pursuit's prize vault. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll show you on the way out. <laughs> so we don't That's have not fair. That's not fair. Not fair we, yeah. do, we don't quite have enough time for another clip, so we'll have to save the, the other clips we have for the after hours. But uh, anything else that you'd like to add to this this part of the uh, the show? We need Rodney. We need Inspector Smoots. Yeah. <laughs> Inspector Gadget over here. <laughs> yeah. Well. Iniquity, what I like from our discussion is it, it's what's inside that you don't see. We see it in shame. We see it in agreements and all kinds of other ways it kind of manifests itself. But iniquity, as we've talked about, is really the underlying thing that's in your heart. This is the disease, not the symptoms. And you can actually go in and say, okay, like you we're just talking about all those things that we do that we know are wrong. I'm like, every one of those girls that I slept with, I knew it was wrong, yet I did it anyway. And I didn't go, you know, it was just selfish. It was just all about me. Mm -hmm. And you just did it. It's like, okay. There were many times when I said, okay, I'm not going to, and yet I did. And there was times I said I'm not going to that I actually didn't. But how many times... It was just time after time, I know this is the wrong thing to do. Mm-hmm. And yet, you just walk right back in there, step in that puddle, and you just go around and swim in that puddle for a little bit and then jump back out. And then you're at the shame and you got all this other guilt and everything else that's coming on you that you you think, okay, it's okay now, I'm out of it. And next thing you know, what do you want to do? You want to jump right back into it. Mm-hmm. Why, it. why are we wired that way? But we are. It's like we fight like... Heck, when we're drowning, but yet once we're out, we jump right back in. And I think the important thing to keep in mind is the prodigal solution, right? Dad is is waiting with open arms if we'll turn, right? If you can just get a half a turn back to your brain, somehow you're in the middle of, you know, making the, this horrible decision to somehow realize, wait a minute, dad's got a steak dinner waiting for me if I'll stop the stupid. <laughs> I think my head needs more than half a turn to get screwed on straight, though. <laughs> so what's what's something the, the listener can focus on this week on this topic as they go to talk with God? Any advice? Yeah, I'd, I would be praying like, God, where is, what? Am, where am I triggered here? And, and And how can I, you and I agree on some way to trigger me back the other way you know something that i can set up ahead of time to know this is what i'm doing thank you go to masculinejourney.org to register for the upcoming boot camp november 17th through 20th and the entrenchment this is the truth network